Hello, everybody. Uh, you're about to listen to one of my favorite episodes. Just recorded it. I really liked it a lot. One of my favorite solo episodes, for sure. A very special Twitter answers. Um, some revealing, very interesting, very cool stuff from the Brain Trust coming at you. And also, the second time ever, we have Vidi answers as well, where you can actually hear a few of our listeners' voices on the podcast, at least two of them. Um, stick around for that and download Vidi onto your iPhone or Android. They sponsor the podcast. They're an amazing app. It's like Instagram for 30-second videos. You get to make cool stuff. You get to follow celebrities and cool artists and cool, interesting people doing their thing. Uh, download it. Start playing with it. It's free. Why would you not do it? V-I-D-D-Y, Android, iPhone, get that shizzle. Don't be a birdie num-num. And uh, I'll be on NPR tonight, Pat Morrison's Comedy Congress, kpcc.org, live streaming video, 7 to 8 p.m. Pacific with Greg Proops, the smartest man alive podcast star, of course, and Alonzo Bowden. And this weekend, May, May 4th, May uh, 2nd through 4th at Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale, California. Tickets at RoosterTeaFeathers.com up in Northern California. And next weekend, May 9th through 11th, I'll be at Morty's in Indianapolis. Fun time. Go to Morty'sComedy.com for tickets. Then June 4th through 9th, the Las Vegas Improv. June 13th through 16th in Atlanta, the Laughing Skull. Vortex in Midtown Atlanta. VortexComedy.com for tickets. Not sure yet. I'll announce next week or two. But I probably on the Sunday show will do a podcast again live from there as well. Like I did last time. So that could be fun. If you want to see the podcast live, come out twice. See a show, then come and see the podcast. And then in July, I'll be in Florida and San Diego. And September, Minneapolis. In October, Edmonton. August might be in Montreal. That one's not for sure yet. Locking it down, I think. Go to BenGlebe.com for all the tickets. Go to LastWeekOnEarth.com for past episodes of this podcast. I will update soon the most recent current ones because I'm a little bit behind on that. I apologize. But it's coming at you. On that note, the show is starting right now. Martha Stewart wants some sex. Israel wants some force against Syria who used some chemicals. George Bush opens a library. How hilarious is that? Bill Clinton considered posing nude for Bush. A b-ball player comes out. Maryland prisons are awesome. Elvis did not try to kill the president. Virgin Airlines wants you to hit on people. Plus clips from the hilarious White House Correspondents Dinner. Everything that happened during the last week on Earth with Ben Glee. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. Get along. Karen, horror death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on this is last week on Earth. You're listening to it. We're going to cover everything that happened during the last week on Earth. Everything. That's my pledge to you. Always has been from day one. From day uno back in 2011, believe it or not. It's the third calendar year. Podcast has only been going for a year and a half, but it's the third calendar year of this podcast. 
Uh, what happened in the last week in my life, to, as I like to begin often with a personal touch, my basketball team, I scored 11 points. Uh, we lost again. We are 0 for 5. We always lose. Lucas Dick on my team, great player, had a great game. We still lost. Played against Rick Glassman, the team called the Rick Glassmans. He's co-star and co-writer of my shit Hitchhiker Say video. He was talking a lot of shit. They won. Adam Devine, past podcast guest, workaholic star, was on the other team as well. I was guarding him. Shut him down pretty good. 11 points. I think it was the team leader in scoring. And Lucas might have been neck and neck. We lost again. We suck bad. Highlight of last week. I was asked for the second year in a row. The highlight of my year every year to host the L.A. Family Housing Awards. This amazing organization that raises money to eradicate homelessness in L.A. Takes homeless families off the streets. Puts them in, in first temporary housing where they learn job skills. They get health care. The kids get put in, in education programs. It's a com- co- fully comprehensive program. And then they find them, put them in L.A. Family Housing's own permanent housing for very, very cheap, affordable rents, help them find jobs. 92% success rate in people they put in houses. And we raised in this one night. I raised during my live. I hosted the whole night, but monologue mixed reviews. No, it was good. It was fine. But the live auction I hosted raised like 40 grand. Then I do this live cash request, try to fundraise cash from people. These lovely, generous, rich people that were there. I raised in 15 more minutes, $80,000. And the whole night as a whole raised $900,000 to help homeless families in Los Angeles. So that was gangster. And if you want to learn more about the organization, donate to them, volunteer with them, anything. Go to lafh.org. Check it out. And other parts of the week was I was on hold down to me and another guy for a big, national, huge money Nissan commercial. Didn't get it. And then got a call back for a Wendy's commercial. Call back 9 a.m. Saturday morning. They should give it to you just for that hour. And they did not. I don't believe I got that either. It's fine, y'all. You know what I mean? It's like you can't ask for everything when you're asking for nothing because you end up getting the same thing you asked for, but the parts you didn't ask for. And that's important for people to realize. And I don't. I don't even realize it myself. But you should. Because you need to be aware of facts. Brought to you this week by Change. No thanks. I like things how they are. Okay? That's how I personally feel. Later in this podcast, Viddy answers coming at your, your head, inside your ears. You can get your own voice on the podcast, too. I'll explain how later. Martha Stewart wants to get laid. In the words of America's domestic goddess, as Daily Beast reported, Martha Stewart, quote, I'd like to go to bed with somebody, sleep with somebody. On Friday, the 71-year-old grandmother told Matt Lauer on the Today Show she's been eager to get back in the dating scene again and even started to create an online dating profile using her real name, not M. Stu or nothing. Uh... Quote, well, I had a long-time boyfriend that ended a couple years ago. I haven't found the next Mr. Right. Martha Stewart wants to bang it down. Would I bang her? Yes. I don't even find her attractive. But I just want to see if I can bring her out of her shell. That's the major reason. I want to see if I can crack that shell open sexually and see if all of a sudden she'd be like, whoa, whoa, that's no, yeah. You know, if you make her make that noise. I doubt it. Paul Ryan, intern charged with stalking 
FBI.gov reports a GOP campaign worker named Adam Savater was arrested and charged with internet extortion and cyberstalking by the FBI on Tuesday. Savater interned for Paul Ryan and before that Newt Gingrich. He is accused of sending anonymous text messages to 15 women saying he has nude photographs of them and threatening to distribute them unless he was sent more photographs. Why would you possibly send him more photographs? Clearly he's not trustworthy. Clearly he's going to share them with people or threaten you more. As if by tell, as the best but it's in planks. I meant to say it was as the FBI tells it, the former SUNY Farmingdale student spent much of last fall and winter hacking into female acquaintances' email accounts, downloading naked photos of them, and then threatening via anonymous Google Voice accounts to make the you can do anonymous Google Voice accounts. I'll set that up. To make the pics public unless the lovely lasses sent him even more titillating fare, the article wrote the, on FBI.gov. They're writing pretty fancy there. Titillating fare. He had titillating fare. Who's writing this shit? Fucking Lady Chatterley? It's ridiculous. Via a barrage of profane bullying text, he allegedly threatened to send the gals' photos to their parents, sorority sisters, boyfriends, and co-workers. He's accused of telling one woman that he had procured nude photos of her mother, of grilling another on the details of her sex life, and informing multiple victims that he liked to sit around masturbating to their images. You never tell a lady that. You never, that's, that's something that, that might be implied, but you don't directly say it. I have a friend sitting here. You got to stop laughing because you're not microphone. It's going to just sound like shit. So cover your mouth into your shirt. All right, stop it. Stop it right now, okay? Put your mouth in your damn shirt. Here, you have a knit cap in the middle of hot weather. Put that in your mouth. Stop. Please stop for real. Thank you. One text received by a victim said, wait. He, he wrote to the victim, wait, listen to me. If we don't have a deal, I will send the pictures to those people. Is that what you want? Remember what's at stake. Do you want your family and everyone in D.C. to see your tits? Just agree to email me a pic of you in a bra. It sounds as though he doesn't have a picture of her topless if he wants a picture in a bra. Because you're, you're downgrading it. I mean, unless you're the guy that just really likes to be teased and doesn't want the mystery ruined from your extortion. Then he said, do it from your phone right now to another girl. I swear to God, don't be stupid. You want everybody, including your parents, to see your tits, ass, and pussy? Accept it now. Accept it now like it's a blue pill or a red pill. Like, it's, like he's Lawrence Fishburne giving someone the chance of a lifetime to uncover truth. But he's not. He's just harassing them. He's harassing them. But sex is on everybody's minds. Diane Keaton, of course, also. Sex animal Diane Keaton. Beast TV. Uh, Help me stumble upon this clip of Diane Keaton. On the Ellen DeGeneres show, talking talking about things. Just listen, okay? Well, when you have tantric sex, you go for a long time, and you have that thing called the orgasm. <laughs> um, uh, listen, Diane Keaton, great actress. Never found her sexy. Annie Hall, great romantic comedy, one of the best ever. Never found her attractive in that. I respected that Woody Allen thinks she's a catch. But to have a picture having tantric sex, it's not, I'm not signing up for it. I'd rather bang Martha Stewart till the sun shines. I'd take that back. I'd rather bang Diane Keaton than Martha Stewart. I don't know. I'm torn. 
Once I saw a picture of Martha Stewart just wearing a long blue button-down business shirt and no pants, and I thought it was kind of hot. So, I mean, I don't know why I'm sharing that. You know who's one female celebrity I definitely would not, in similar vein, sort of, of a Martha Stewart? I would not want to bang. Who is it, man? Who is it? Paula Dean is back. I don't even ever invite her, and she's like Elijah. She comes in through the windows. Paula, you're great. You're a great guru who misled America into eating fatty, fatty foods while you were covering up your diabetes. I don't approve of that. But side note, I just don't find you attractive. Why not, man? I'm going to give you fat girl piece of this pussy. Mm, mm, that's the sound you're going to be making when you're eating it. Extra butter and whipping cream. That is disgusting. Why would you even say? I mean, Paula, I, I, please flow out of my window. Flow. Okay. Mm. Is she gone? Thank goodness. I mean, she just comes by. She's like a ghost. She's like, I feel like I'm Jimmy Stewart. And that's a wonderful life. I don't want to bang you, Paula Dean. I don't want to take you to, take you to town. I wish I was born so I didn't have to see this ghost. Fifty Shades of Grey films a test sex scene. Women in the World reports. If you didn't get enough of Alex Petty Fur's body and Magic Mike. You're going to see a whole lot more of it, potentially. The 23-year-old actress supposedly appears in a tape test for the film adaptation of Fifty Shades of Grey in a bid by Gus Van Sant to direct the film. And they're leaving no stone unturned in picking Christian Grey. Apparently his tape features a sex scene as part of the scenes he submits. But he has not locked down the role yet. No whips, chains, and paddles in his life just yet. He was just doing it as a favor to Gus Van Sant to, for to Gus to show that he, how he would shoot the movie. Listen, I'm an actor. I'm a serious actor. I'm trained since a tra- you know, theater minor in college. If I were asked to film a graphic sex scene for a movie, okay, but told that I didn't even have the role yet, I would totally do it for free just to help out another filmmaker. Because you do that. You, you, you workshop. You, you workshop. Oh, shit. Syria did use chemical weapons. But didn't President Obama say that was a red line for us? And that we'd have to take action if they did that? Well, yes, yes, he did. Just two days after Israel decried Syria for its use of chemical weapons, the White House switched its view on the topic, sending letters to Congress to say it now believes as well that Syria has used them. Daily Beast reports Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel said U.S. officials believe with, quote, some degree of varying confidence. Oh, it's not with a strong degree of great confidence. Some degree of varying confidence that the war, that, that the warring nation employed the deadly chemical weapons. Intelligence officials had allegedly been assessing information about Syria's use of chemical weapons for a long time, but that the decision to speak out about Syria was made in the last 24 hours. Obama gave a statement, something to the effect of, look, they might have used them. Looks like they did use them. We don't know for sure who. We don't know the origin or the birthplace of these chemical weapons. We also don't want to move until we have strong evidence, inconclusive, who used them. This is probably smart. Measure twice, invade once. It's a brand new saying I just made up, but it's wise. Israel wants the U.S. to use force against Syria. Israel wants the U.S. to use force. Hard to say fast. Reuters reports the White House said on Thursday that Syria likely used chemical weapons. Again, the U.S. said they're not 100% certain. It would be a game changer in the past. Obama said, red line, we had to use military force if they crossed that line, which they did. So America keeps making these statements, these red lines. We've given Iran red lines. 
Gave Iran a red line about their nuclear program at the end of Obama's first year. If by then 2009 they didn't stop, we'd have to take action. We didn't do it. Another red line. We're not doing anything. We might. But it's a big problem when America lies down red lines and then lets people cross them. You cross this line, and this is my part of the beach. I'm lying here in my towel. You're going to cross this line? I won't stand for it. You cross the line? If you cross this other line, I'm not going to stand for it. There's other lines here that I'm not going to stand for. And then it just keeps moving back and forth. All of a sudden, you're bully getting beaten up in a sandbox as opposed to, like, you know, a strong nation. And that's not even where you want to go as a country. You don't want to be, go from a strong nation to become a bully being beaten up on a sandbox. People don't respect that guy. Not that it's his fault, but you're not going to lead the world that way. Israel's threatening to strike Syria themselves, anxious to stop weapons from Assad's army from falling into the hands of Hezbollah militants in neighboring Lebanon. Obama says he wants to wait for definitive proof, though. I don't know, I don't know why you'd want that. We're America. We go on gut and bravado, and sheer brute power. Definitive proof is for pussies. Definitive proof is for guys who are uh, not ready to ruin nations in the world and create countless enemies on your gut feeling. Those are guys I don't want to hang with. Those aren't real men's men's. Men's men? I don't think so. Because we have been down this road before. A fitting reminder considering the George W. Bush library just opened this last week. He told Matt Lauer he didn't want to be a wartime president. Man, could have fooled me. By the way, you took actions and whatnot. Take a look at this clip. Bush, Lauer, walking through the library with Lauer Bush as well, former first lady. It'll never be the same, but your presidency wouldn't be the same. Well, Andy Card whispered in my ear in a classroom in Florida, uh, second plane has hit the second tower, America's under attack. And uh, uh, I became a wartime president. Something I didn't want to be. How did he change on that day? His demeanor, his outlook? Well, I think both of us, uh, you know, were just stunned, really, by, by the terrorist attack. But also, we knew immediately that, the, you know, that everything had changed for us. And I would just say, just became more serious. He was already very serious, obviously, about his job. Obviously. You felt uh, the weight come onto his shoulders, even I, more so than, than taking on the presidency? I did. I mean, I think I really, we really felt the duty of being president. You felt the duty of being president after the biggest terrorist attack in our nation's history. Only after we were attacked did I realize, oh, being president's kind of serious. I just realized people could actually die and shit. I just thought it was fun to get to make speeches and throw out first pitch baseball games. <laughs> really? That's how you felt. Oh. There's a little more of that clip. The people who lost their lives on that day are etched on the walls behind us. If we walk over here, that, that famous scene we saw a couple of minutes ago, the bullhorn that you held at the rubble of the World Trade Center saying that Soon the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us. Yeah. You know what, uh, I, uh, you asked about, uh, asked Laura about how I felt. Here's how I felt. Uh, I felt determined to do my job. In other words, my job became clarified that minute in the classroom, and that is to protect the homeland. That, that, that minute, I realized my job as president is to protect the homeland. After the attack, I realized I have to protect us. Not before when I had memos called bin Laden determined to attack in the United States that I misprioritized. After the attack, I realized, oh, that's what it was. To be president isn't to sit in a classroom for seven minutes after being told we're under attack and sit there like a dummy staring into space. It's to actually protect us from that. Oh, yes. 
That's what it was. It changed our lives drastically, Laura says. I understand the George W. Bush Library has a special room for children where President Bush can read to them during national disasters. He gets shipped there in a plane immediately when disasters happen. He just starts reading tales. He starts to read tales to the children. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, at the George W. Bush ceremony honoring the library, George Herbert Walker Bush, president's father, gave a heartwarming speech. Listen to all of the beautiful things he said about his own son during his speech at the dedication of his library, about his legacy, about the things he accomplished in office. This, no joke, in its entirety is George H.W. Bush's roughly 35-second speech. Thank you all very much. What a beautiful day in Dallas. It's a great pleasure to be here. They honor our son, our oldest son. And this is very special for Barbara and me. And thank you all for coming. And to all those who made this marvelous museum possible, we thank you especially. And we're glad to be here. God bless America, and thank you very much. Good job. Too long? <laughs> Too long, he says to his son. <laughs> you notice he didn't say one positive thing about his son. We're here to honor our son. He's our oldest son. States one fact. The rest says, thank you for having us. Beautiful day. The weather's great. I understand there's a chance of showers on Thursday through an El Nino coming through over the weekend. Not a positive word about his son. Why? Maybe there's not a ton of positive to say. Bill Clinton loves him, though. Did, did Bill Clinton think about asking George W. Bush to let him pose nude for him? Great Falls Tribune reports. As the current and former heads of state gather in Dallas for the George W. Bush Library. By the way, the ceremony was outside because Bush refused to enter libraries. It would be wrong to ignore the cracks in the former president's legacy. Leave it to Bill Clinton to address the elephant in the room. George W. Bush's paintings. Quote, your mother showed me some of your landscapes and animal paintings. And I thought they were great. I seriously considered calling you to paint my own portrait. Until I saw the emails that were stolen from your sister's account. Those bathroom sketches were wonderful, but at my age, I think I need to keep my suit on. Yeah, uh, President Clinton, your portrait didn't have to be naked. If you wanted George W. Bush to paint you, he could have painted you like one of his French girls, or he could have painted you with a suit on like a president. Does Barbara Bush think her son Jeb should run for president? Her answer might so prize you. NBC News reports with this clip. Barbara, this is the Bush daughters followed by Barbara sharing their thoughts of whether Jeb should run to be a third Bush president. You think Jeb Bush will run? Would you like to see him run? Sure, he'd be terrific. He'd be a wonderful president. But who knows? We That's don't know. Laura. We're just letting him decide. Oh, you're letting the him decide. Again, he didn't talk at all. <laughs> oh, Grandma didn't talk. What's Grandma got to say? Here we go. Bush, would you like to see your son Jeb run? He, he's by far the best qualified man, but no. I really don't. I, I think it's a great country... There are a lot of great families, and uh, it's not just four families or whatever. There are, just, there are other people out there that are very qualified, and we've had enough bushes. Have you expressed that to him? <laughs> well, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> just on the today. Surprise! Uh, yeah. 
We've had enough bushes. I love that. Also says he's by far the most qualified. Basically saying, my husband and, and other son, dummies. They really underqualified to be president. The only one who should run is Jeb, and he shouldn't because we've tainted the Bush name as far as presidents go. Enough bushes. God bless you, Barbara. I wish you'd run under the George Washington ticket. Call yourself the resurrection of George Washington and run as the Whig. I don't know what party Washington was, but he probably was a Whig party. If you think about the way he looked, in fact, he wore a powdered wig. What is happening to our leaders? Obama threatens to get a tattoo this week, the Washington Post reports. Sasha and Malia, apparently when discussing the issue of getting a tattoo with their parents, Obama told the Today Show that he and Michelle have told their daughters, quote, if you guys ever decided you're going to get a tattoo, then mommy and me will get the exact same tattoo in the same place. And we'll go on YouTube and show it off as a family tattoo. Wow, that would be super creepy. Can you imagine the entire Obama family mooning the, the crowd? Showing people, everybody a matching Justin Bieber tattoo? Hmm? The Beliebers won't be stopped. The Big Liebers were catching on you, you sons of bitches. I'll tell you that much. Yes, OBs. Zach Braff raises money on Kickstarter. Hollywood Reporter reports, as reporters do. Scrub star Zach Braff raised a million dollars so far using Kickstarter to create a sequel. He's now reached $2 million. This just in from Ben Morrison, who's back from the balcony and only still one mic, and the fact that he can't talk anyway. It's great. It's kind of, I love it. I know, it's killing you. I don't give a shit. Um, he's raised $2 million, and that was his goal. He has not directed a film since Garden State. This will be his first film since Garden State. What bothers me about this and why I'm reporting it is this, okay? He says at the beginning of his Kickstarter page, he goes, I was about to sign a deal for financing and decided I didn't want to lose control. When studios make movies, they tell you who you can put in your movie. They have control over all kinds of decisions. So instead, he's taking money from a site that's supposed to help people who can't get money. And anybody who gives the top level of money on, on the Kickstarter gets to be in the movie. They get a part in the movie. So he doesn't want studios that want good famous actors in the movie to be in the movie but he will give a movie apart to any non-actor which is real ridiculous if you ask me and i didn't and no one did that film did have a good soundtrack though and started the love of my life natalie portman so i say that just jokingly obviously it's on the love of my life she's married home with a kid <laughs> fuel barges explode in alabama cnn reports Three people were injured Wednesday night after two fuel barges exploded on the Mobile River in Alabama. The barges were filled with natural gas and exploded not far from where a Carnival cruise ship was docked. What is it with Carnival cruises? They are cursed. Three people by the barges were taken home with burn injuries and and a one-mile safety radius has been set up around the barges. A one-mile safety radius should be set up around all Carnival cruise ships. On the flip side, I sort of really want to take a Carnival Cruise now because it would be an adventure, and they are super cheap on account of them all failing and whatnot. It's like real cheap now. Like a three-day cruise is like $200. That includes all your food and entertainment. It's pretty great. Drugs found on Bieber's tour bus. Daily Beast reports Stockholm police only had to get near Justin Bieber's tour bus parked outside the Grand Hotel on Wednesday night to smell the weed coming out of it. When the pop star's bus took off for Stockholm's Globe Arena, the cops called the Special Narcotics Unit to obtain a warrant, searched the bus while Biebs and his crew were inside the arena, and found a small bag of unspecified narcotics and a taser. Rumor has it that before the bus, Bieber had been hanging out with Lil Za, his bad influence friend with whom he got caught smoking pot back in February. 
No one will get charged probably because the cop searched the bus when it was empty and they don't know who the drugs or taser belonged to. How are you going to prove that shit? Fingerprint, maybe? I don't know. No one wants to mess with the Bieber. Point is, I'd never touch drugs. I'm clean and sober since this morning. Since this evening. Since some few minutes ago. Since the stop down. So, Big Lieber's one, Big Lieber's zero. And that's imaginary points. It's really a tie. It's zero, zero. It's like a soccer match. We're neck and neck, though, bro. Going to prison in Maryland is pretty awesome, apparently. David Friedlander wrote a very interesting article I read online. The Secretary of Maryland's Department of Public Safety and Correctional Service, Gary Maynard, watched this week as the agency has run for the last six years turned into a national laughingstock after federal officials indicted 13 women who, as guards of the Baltimore City Detention Center, acted like little more than underlings for members of a dangerous prison gang. The Black Gorilla Family. Four of the correctional officers became reportedly pregnant by the leader of the gang. And two of them had his name tattooed on their bodies. In a nearly 90-minute conversation in his office, Maynard, whom state lawmakers have called on to step down, vigorously defended his tenure, saying that it was he who brought in federal investigators once it was revealed the gang controlled Baltimore's jail. Quote, we know we're opening ourselves up to be publicly embarrassed by a lot of this. We asked the investigation because we knew this was an issue. I knew that. I didn't have to ask them to come, but we needed some help. The U.S. Attorney's Office and the FBI bring some power to the investigation, but once that becomes public, people are going to look at it and say, what's going on here? So we knew that. Exactly, bro. Don't step down. People at the top are always asking people to step down. They can't be aware of every bit of minutia. Ask them to step down immediately doesn't solve the problem. It's for show. Enough things for show in this country. We're a show country. It's a home of show business. Let's start doing some substance shit. But how about was it in, in, the, in the prison? Back to the article. The allegations unsealed in the federal indictment are eye-popping. Many have been quick to make the comparison to The Wire, the crime drama that put Baltimore's criminal underworld into the public consciousness. But what appears to have gone on at the Baltimore City Attention Center, a medieval-looking hulk of a jail in the center of town, would strain the credulity of HBO itself. Female guards smuggled cell phones, marijuana, and prescription drugs to inmates. Gang members ordered hits from inside the jail and dined on salmon and Grey Goose vodka that was smuggled in on their behalfs. Corrections officers stood guard for one another so they could have sex with inmates. They warned prisoners of upcoming searches of their cells by unfriendly colleagues. Tavon White, the leader of the Black Gorilla family who allegedly impregnated four of the guards, are you effing janking me, was there waiting for his murder trial to commence, was caught bragging on a wiretap. This is my jail. You understand that? I'm dead serious. I make every final call in this jail. Holy balls. Are you kidding me? You hanging with Martha Stewart when you were in prison there, bro? Here's a plan to stop this, all this impregnating of the female guards. Hire male guards for your badass prison. Instead of having mostly female guards, all of whom are banging up with the prisoners. Quote, I could have ten times as much time as I could have spent ten times as much time as I did there. I could have scrutinized the leadership down there personally, says Maynard. Now I'm not expected to do that. It is not possible for me to do that at every facility, but there's something I could have done in that one. Instead he says he was focused on curbing the prison system's gang problem more generally. If I had focused there instead of the other problem, 
there probably wouldn't be a problem there. There'd be more people dead, but there wouldn't be a probe. A year from now, you'll come back and say, you got flat tires on your fleet. How come you didn't focus on that? The media would like to see that the statement, the statement of the heads, that heads are going to roll. I've seen that for a thousand years. They want to see someone fired. I'm not into making a good story. I'm into solving a problem. I like this guy. That's the kind of leaders we need in this country. Guys who aren't about media events. They're about brass tacks. Congress to end air traffic control furloughs caused by the sequester. After sequester cuts led to a shortage of 1,500 air traffic controllers this week, as Daily Beast reported, and thousands of delayed flights. The Senate unanimously agreed, for the first time they've unanimously agreed on anything ever probably, to allow the FAA to move $253 million from other accounts to end furloughs and keep air traffic control towers open at smaller airports to prevent these delays. They were criticized this week because they realized the sequester cuts affect senior citizens with meals on wheels. Those meals are getting cut off to many, many, many of them. Okay? Thousands around the country. Many vital programs that affect poor people are being cut. None of those unanimously got stopped. But why did this one get stopped? Because senators fly back and forth constantly using small airports. They literally unanimously agreed, faster than Congress ever moved, even handwriting some last-minute changes to the bill with a fucking pen before passing it because it would affect their weekends. Mmm, Congress. Mmm. I want to punch you in the balls. Private women's club is open in London, Women in the World Report. Private clubs ain't just for dudes anymore, although these aren't the cigar-filled rooms of men's folklore. Instead, swanky women's-only clubs are popping up that promise to take the stress out of everyday life, like London's posh new Grace Balgravia, the first private club for women. According to one of the club's owners, that club is dedicated to nurturing and empowering women for an $8,000 annual membership fee. The club includes a spa, gym, restaurant, lounge, food delivery service, a celebrity hairstylist, and a medical center headed by the apothecary to the queen. It's just one of the private women's only clubs that have been cropping up, including a women's business club called the Sorority in London. Private women's clubs, excellent idea. How do I join? I want in. I want in. I will dress and drag. I'll Dustin Hoffman that shit. I'll tootsie that shit. The young boy in Ladybugs with the Rodney Dangerfield vehicle, I will do it. I'll miss Doubtfire that shit. Cute Cat wins best feature film at Tribeca Film Festival, Fox News reports. Lil Bub, the world's cutest cat, film about this cat by the Vice documentary team, Lil Bub and Friends, tells the story of the perma kitten who became internet sensation and examines our obsession with other internet-famous cats. One, the film festival. Cute cats are now starring in films, too? Not just YouTube videos? Apparently she's a dwarf cat, so her limbs are disproportionately smaller than the rest of her body, and her underdeveloped lower jaw makes her tongue stick out permanently. Apparently she couldn't be more adorable. I saw a picture. Very cute cat. Her owner put it, she makes it okay to be different. Yeah, if you're super cute in your difference... If you're not super cute, it's ill. Get away. Elvis impersonator no longer suspected of ricin poisonings, WTVA reports. The politician poisoning case we talked about last week moved his focus from an Elvis impersonator to a martial arts instructor. Of course, this is an 80s movie. 
A second suspect has been arrested in connection with the rice and lace letters that were sent to President Obama and Senator Roger Wicker last week. The previous suspect, Kevin Curtis, Elvis impersonator, was arrested, then released on Tuesday when no incriminating evidence was found in his house. He gave a press conference hitting on his lawyer the whole time and his female lawyer saying, I can't pay her more money, so I'm going to give her a foot massage. I'm going to do 100,000 hours of community service by giving foot massages to any women in the area that want them. Dude's got a foot fetish using his 15 minutes to get some foot action, I guess. Very interesting. Not a bad approach, really. Use your 15 minutes to get what you need. Very weird. Tupelo police chief said Everett Duchki was arrested early Saturday morning after his home and former martial arts studio were searched, and he has now been charged in the poisonings, apparently a rival of the Elvis impersonator. Apparently Elvis impersonator guy stole a girl or something like that from the martial arts instructor, so he decided to send poison to the president under the name of the Elvis impersonator. It's a weird story. More I'm sure to come. New 9-11 plane part found in New York City. NBC New York reports more than 11 years after 9-11. A piece of one of the planes that hit the World Trade Center towers may have turned up in lower Manhattan. Apparently a five-foot-long piece of debris was found stuck in a narrow alley between two buildings in lower Manhattan. One of the buildings is the site of the controversial Ground Zero Mosque, interestingly enough. The plane part, apparently landing gear, has the word Boeing stamped on it, along with some numbers, and the NYPD has now blocked off the area. They really need to clean New York better. I mean, that is a long time for a five-foot piece of debris in the most looked-after and combed-through site ever to still be there. A school in Georgia holds its first integrated prom. Say what? The New York Times reports in 2013 in the rural deep south, racial segregation might be dying, but it's still there. Georgia's Wilcox County High School is helping fight for change, holding its first ever integrated prom this weekend. Although a white prom was also held, nearly half of the school registered for this weekend's version. The prom was spearheaded by a group of four girls who campaigned at school and online, their Facebook group getting 24,000 likes. They were able to raise enough for a ballroom rental, gift bags, and food. DJs and, DJs and photographers from all over the country volunteered their services for the night. The school board plans to vote soon on making proms official school events, prohibiting segregation in the future. Can you believe there were segregated proms still through this year? Unbelievable, as Joe Quick might put it. Virgin Airlines now lets you hit on people in other seats. Daily Beast covered this story. Richard Branson released a video online introducing this new thing by brag, joke bragging about his own wealth, saying, how are you supposed to meet a girl? Try approaching a woman with a check for her favorite charity delivered in the mouth of a puppy. Use your suborbital spaceship to skywrite haikus outside her window and then fly her off in a hot air balloon to a private island. But of course, not all of us have the billions Richard Branson does, so he's trying to help out the common folk. For a more cost-effective way of finding mates in economy seats, Sir Richard announced with a smile, Virgin America's in-flight entertainment system, Red, by the way, you can see my stand-up on Virgin American Airline flights, I shouldn't make fun of it too much, but hey, it didn't pay me, so why not? Red now comes complete with a wingman. A seat-to-seat delivery feature that lets one passenger send another a snack, a drink, or a full airline meal. No better way to a girl's heart than a horrible airline meal. Followed, of course, by the option to connect. Quote from Branson, just order a drink, meal, or snack. 
Select his or her seat, and don't forget to seal the deal with a suggested seat-to-seat chat on your touchscreen. It's not clear how these vans might be received by other passengers, as one of the video's commenters put it, because hitting on people in an enclosed space where nobody can possibly leave if they're made to feel uncomfortable for several hours is obviously a really good idea. It is pretty damn creepy, I will admit. But Branson's open-minded, a forward thinker. He one time admitted to on an airline before he started his own, having sex in the airline, in the bathroom, in the airplane, with a married woman who he had to then avoid from her husband when he picked her up when they landed. And he said, with regards to that, on Virgin Airlines, this was an interesting nugget. I'm flying Virgin Airlines tomorrow to Sunnyvale, California for Rooster T. Feathers. Those who are game for a little My High Club can relax. Quote from Branson, we're not the type of airline that bangs on bathroom doors. The Virgin founder said, damn, really? I'm going to be chatting up some girls, yo. I never get seated next to the cute girls. I might use this feature. It's super creepy. Before the shot, you see a hot girl going to sit three rows behind you. I don't know who's going to be able to hit on people. They don't even see what they look like. It's kind of weird. But whatever. Might work. The White House Correspondents Dinner. Now is the time. Once a year, I get to play you some comedy brought to you by others. I didn't create for you. I'm not giving to your ears from my mouth because... It's political comedy brought to you by our politicians. My favorite political night of the year is the White House Correspondents. And every year, the president gives a very funny speech. This year, Conan O'Brien was the headliner, too. I got a bunch of clips for you from both of them. First, let's start with Conan O'Brien being very scathing about the media, and in particular, Fox News. But my prior experience has taught me how these dinners work. If the president laughs, everyone laughs. And if the Fox News table laughs... A little girl just fell off her bike. (laughs) That was one of my favorite jokes ever. That was a very, very funny joke. Here's more of Conan O'Brien hitting the media pretty hard. Not just Fox News this time, but all of them. When he says MSC, he means MSNBC. He's probably reading a little too closely. Here, take it away. Conan. Also tonight, some of the big names in television news. When it comes to television news, we have a divided media landscape. Okay, Fox News is watched by conservatives, MSC is watched by liberals, and CNN is watched by the people who clean the offices at CNN. (laughs) Oh, it gets worse. (laughs) CNN's ratings are so low, now when the logo comes up, James Earl Jones says, you're watching CNN? I have to say, in the past few years, CNN has made some very odd moves. For example, they replaced the popular Larry King with one of the scheming footmen from Downton Abbey. (laughs) Pierce slides right into that show. Oh, Lord Grantham. Oh, you'll get yours, Lord Grantham. (laughs) Hey, it's good to see my old friends at MSNBC. MSNBC's Chris Matthews is here. Chris Matthews has the only show where the commercial exists just so they can wipe the spittle off the lens. (laughs) By the way, during the Boston coverage on MSNBC last week, Chuck Todd stopped a pundit from speculating on unverified information. Now, there's no joke here. I'm just letting the people at CNN know that you can do that. (laughs) This is a learning experience. That joke is awesome. That is hilarious. Let CNN know you can do that. Then, before we get to the Obama clips, one more Conan clip. Conan, um, there might be another one coming up a little bit later too, but Conan uh, hit the Republicans 
pretty hard with a pretty great joke. Uh, take a listen. Of course, probably the biggest story that people in this room covered this past year was the Republican failure to recapture the White House. Hard to believe the Republicans didn't fare better in the election with the support of celebrities like Ted Nugent and Meatloaf. I guess they overestimated the number of voters who still drive carpeted vans. <laughs> that is a great joke. Um, how about time for President Obama to take the mic? Here comes President Obama uh, with some great jokes. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody has... How do you like my new entrance music? Rush Limbaugh warned you about this. Second term, baby. These days I look in the mirror and I have to admit... I'm not the strapping young Muslim socialist that I used to be. I go out on the basketball court, took 22 shots, made two of them. The executives at NBC asked, what's your secret? I want to give a shout out to our headliner, Conan O'Brien. I understand that when the Correspondents Association was considering Conan for this gig, they were faced with that age-old dilemma, uh, do you offer it to him now or wait for five years and then give it to Jimmy Fallon? <laughs> the, the media landscape is changing so rapidly. Uh, you can't keep up with it. Uh, I mean, I remember when BuzzFeed was just something I did in college around 2 a.m. That one's awesome. That one was really awesome. Uh, was he referring to being stoned or just being drunk? Either way, pretty gangster. We already know he smoked weed and and did a little a little cocaine. So neither would be a surprise, but ballsy joke. I love Obama. He's got great delivery. Here's some more clips. I'm not sure if this clip coming at you. I think it's just another Obama clip, actually. Here it comes at you. I know Republicans are still sorting out what happened in 2012, but one thing they all agree on is they need to do a better job reaching out to minorities. And, and, and look, call me self-centered. But I can think of one minority they could start with. <laughs> Hello. That joke was incredible. That's amazing. Referring to himself, of course. And that is the true point. It's like if you need to do better with minorities, maybe don't be so hateful towards the first black president. Maybe cut him a little bit of slack and try to get things done with him and then be able to argue that you've finished and can accomplish things in Congress as opposed to just obstructing progress and obstructing the future. I'm also now looking at my green plant in my apartment. And it's just it's not doing good. It's not a lot of the, the fronds of this plant are just dying. Sad to say, totally side note, but it is where my attention went as I was saying that. I just want to need you to, I'm honest, I tell you where it goes. Um, here are a couple more clips that Meet the Press put together. I, I was reminded of how funny they were when I was watching Meet the Press this morning. One senator who has reached across the aisle recently is Marco Rubio, uh, but I don't know about 2016. I mean, the guy has not even finished a single term in the Senate, and he thinks he's ready to be president. <laughs> these days. Also, I'd like to acknowledge that earlier this evening, there was some confusion with the seating chart. For a moment, some, someone accidentally sat Governor Chris Christie with the Republicans. That was awkward, and I apologize. That is awesome. Both of those jokes. Chris Christie, of course, criticized so much for saying nice things about Obama a few days before the election during Hurricane Sandy, even though he's a Republican governor, as he should, because you can say things, for Christ's fuck. 
Sake Dong Chang. But uh, also uh, Obama's joke, making fun of himself, of course, for being just a one-term, less than a one-term senator when he ran for president. Um, and then here's the last uh, batch of clips. Or I think maybe it's just one or two more jokes. One or two more jokes. You'll see. It'll be one or two. You'll be surprised from the White House Correspondents' Dinner. My charm offensive has helped me learn some interesting things about what's going on in Congress. It turns out absolutely nothing. <laughs> some folks still don't, don't think I spend enough time with Congress. Why don't you get a drink with Mitch McConnell, they ask. Really? Why don't you get a drink with Mitch McConnell? <laughs> that is hilarious. Mitch McConnell, the droopy dog of the Senate, one of his biggest Republican opponents, but just a real, just a real spoil sport, the guy. is a real dour face. I met him once. He was, he was oh, I want a picture of my old candle store. Uh, pretty harsh jokes. <laughs> he does not have any desire to drink with the man. What did Sarah Palin think of the correspondence dinner? Pathetic, she thought. Political reported Sarah Palin expressed her anger over the annual dinner, calling the event on Twitter pathetic and slamming those in attendance. Quote, that WHCD, White House Correspondents Dinner, was pathetic. The rest of America's out there working our asses off while these D.C. ass clowns throw themselves a nerd prom. Uh, a, she called them ass clowns. is pretty gangster and strange of her to say. B, so she thinks it's a complete waste of time to go to this dinner, yet she obviously watched the dinner and felt the time to the need to comment on it on, and tweet about it. Then she went on her Facebook and talked about it more. Quote, Yuck it up, media and polls. While America is buried in taxes and a fight for our rights, the permanent, except the rights for people like gay people that should not have rights, the permanent political class in D.C. dresses up and has a prom to make fun of themselves. No need for that. We get the real joke. You mean yourself? We get that you're the joke? You're the real joke? I get it. I totally get it. Ah, uh, Sarah Palin, you're so hot and so very dumb. I want to fuck your brains in. Did I say that? I mean, yeah. What did I say? Speaking of gay people and their rights that Sarah Palin wants to deny them of supporting Chick-fil-A when they were anti-gay people, basketball player comes out of the locker room, the Hill.com reports. President Obama gave a personal phone call to professional basketball player Jason Collins on Monday to congratulate him for coming out as the first openly gay player on a major U.S. sports team. According to a White House aide, the president called Collins Monday evening to express his support and say he was impressed by his courage. Collins, 34, is a veteran NBA center, my age, who played for the Boston Celtics and Washington Wizards during the 2012-2013 season. Currently a free agent, so we'll see if he gets picked up again. Um, in a piece in this week's Sports Illustrated, admitted to being gay. He cited Rep. Joseph Kennedy from Massachusetts, Democrat, as inspiring his decision to go public. He wrote in Sports Illustrated, I'm a 34-year-old NBA center. I'm black, and I'm gay. Earlier on Monday, White House Press Secretary Jay Carney expressed praise from the White House Forum. Here at the White House, we view this as another example of progress we've made in the evolution that has taken place. We commend him on his courage and support him in this effort and hope that his fans and his team support him going forward. The response to Collins' announcement was also positive among fellow NBA players. Kobe Bryant and Steve Nash among those to offer Collins their support. Nash tweeted, The time has come. Maximum respect. And Kobe wrote, Proud of at Jason Collins 34. Don't suffocate who you are because of the ignorance of others. Ooh, that's pretty deep, Cobes. 
getting all Yoda-like while being injured there and your season having come to an end. Collins, 34, now out gay. First pro athlete from one of the major sports to announce that. He and his buddy, the representative, uh, will march together in the Boston Gay Pride Parade. Um, the only person so far of note to publicly say anything negative about this is ESPN reporter Chris Broussard stood out by saying gay, being gay is an open rebellion to God. Yes, of course. That's why gay people do it, to rebel against the Lord. They want very much to be punished by the Lord by this urge they're creating to punish God and be mean to him. The only weird thing about this story to me was Jason Collins has an identical twin brother who is also a pro basketball player who is not a gay man. So that is got to be tough coming up now for the identical twin bro, you know, to meet girls walking around town. Congrats on being gay, man. No, no, not me. Proud of my brother, but I like girls. I'm very single thanks to this. So that's difficult. Can you imagine that being you, your identical twin on the cover of Sports Illustrated telling everyone not interested in girls? An amazing thing for Jason Collins. His twin brother screwed on this one. You would hope the first one to come out in such a groundbreaking and important thing would not have an identical lookalike whose love life will now be quite strange. Um, I tweeted a joke similar to that earlier today, and I got some strange responses at, or some interesting and passionate responses at Mike.me. Mike Weisskopf said, I'd like to imagine his bro is as awesome and supportive as many of us lucky gay guys with straight brothers. Twins or not. Okay, you don't get my point, but fair, fair. At little fucker with a PH said, what the fuck, Ben? That was a stupid fucking tweet with a PH. Clearly Chelsea overpays you. Thank you very much. Don't think you got the joke either. Collins coming out story is his second time on the cover of Sports Illustrated, by the way. He illustrated the magazine's 2000 Guide to March Madness. Oh, he's a painter, too. I'm not going to make any stereotype jokes that the first gay basketball player is also a painter. I wouldn't make that joke. Our former president, George W. Bush, paints nude shower and bath self-portraits. Okay? Moving on to another story. The two stories left till we go to Twitter answers and video answers. The teen mom sex tape, which was actually a porn to begin with, is now officially a porn. New York Daily News reports, Farrah Abraham's sex tape is indeed being made into a porn after all. She reportedly inked a $1 million deal with Vivid Entertainment for the release of her tape after initially claiming it was for private use only, which nobody fucking believed. We talked about it on the podcast. We all agree. That's bullshit. The porn with famous porn star, which not normally you make sex tapes accidentally with, James Dean, allegedly comes with a classy title, too. Farrah Superstar, Backdoor Teen Mom. Clever, assuming there's anal on that tape. While most suspected the tape was good old-fashioned porn, Abraham and even Vivid founder and co-chair Stephen Hirsch ran with the sex tape ruse for a while. Dean, meanwhile, tried to set the record straight that no one would believe it was for private use, saying, quote, I'm like the worst person for this job because, not to be arrogant, people are going to know me. James Dean is a very well-known porn star. His mother, Paula Dean, said, Don't be arrogant, baby. Just have some cream pie. Mmm. Mmm. Float away, Paula. Float away. Float away, baby. Float away. Former Supreme Court Justice S.D. O'Connor, Sandra Day, that is, regrets Bush v. Gore. Washington Post reports. She regrets it. Oh, the retired Supreme Court Justice who's one of the ones that voted in favor of installing Bush as president after stopping the recount, told the Chicago Tribune 
that the high court probably should not have intervened in the 2000 election. Quote, maybe the court should have said, we're not going to take it. She was the key fifth vote that decided this and changed world history. Maybe we shouldn't have done it. The court probably added to the problem of the day. Oh, boy. Maybe we wanted world history by the time we were power hungry and we were Republican. We wanted to put the Republican in presidency. We wanted to make him a president. Oh, fuck. It's time to check in with the Brain Trust, the glebe of extraordinary gentlemen, all of you good believers out there. It's time for Twitter Answers. This is a very interesting Twitter Answers today, a landmark one, because we get two announcements from our our listeners, I'm very excited about this, very honored you guys chose to do this on the podcast. Inspired by Jason Collins coming out of the closet, I asked, what's the secret from your past, big or small, if you've told it before or shared with nobody until now? Let's start with first, at Carly Smash, C. Dizzle said, I love writing, writing and books so much that I'm afraid to make it my livelihood, but it's the one thing that makes me happy. I mean, that's awesome that you love it. Luckily, a job like that, you can do it on your off hours write books, try to sell them, and still keep your job, and there's not a lot of risk, so I say you go for it. Here's where we get very interesting. Marilyn at Starry Towers, our friend abroad, says, this is the biggie. Age 18, 30 years ago, I had an abortion. I hate anti-abortion idiots so much, it's time this wasn't a secret. Wow, a 30-year secret you just share with us. Thank you very much for doing that. I'm, I'm honestly touched, and I appreciate you thinking this forum was... One that was safe for you to do that. Um, agreed. Women need the right to choose. They deserve it. Every human being deserves the right to choose whether they do want their own bodies. And of course it should be legal everywhere on the planet. Um, and this is maybe even more, by, by the way, also inspired by uh, Jason Collins. I came out on Twitter today with my sexual orientation. Um, on Twitter earlier today, and I'll do it again right now, um, I'm straight. And the responses were varied to this. Sass Washington said, wow, glad you cleared that up. We've been wondering. And then Nick Skiles at Nick underscore S-K-I-L-E-S says, Ben, I always knew you were straight and I love you regardless. I appreciate the support, man. I really do. Then he sent another tweet and I was astounded to see this tweet and touched by it. Nick Skiles says, I'm gay. I haven't told my family. And no, I don't mind if you want to read this. Hashtag coming out on last week on earth. Hashtag worth it. I love that, man. Really appreciate that. That is very cool. And you you got support here with the Brain Trust, and you got support from me. And uh, we're all people. What does it matter what we like? Who gives a shit? Nobody. If you do, you probably will because you want some of that gay action. That's why. You can't wait to come out of the closet yourself, and so you're repressing others because you're repressing your own self. So that's my official new statement. If you hate gay people, you are gay. That should be the new thing. Anybody that ever hates, gay, hates on a gay person, you should say, you're gay. You just proved it. Kind of like a he who smelt it, dealt it situation. But with human rights instead of flatulence. Why do I have to make it silly? It's such a nice, touching moment. I don't know. It's time for the second time for us to actually hear the voice of the Brain Trust here on the podcast with Viddy Answers. I asked the same exact question. What's the secret from your life, big or small? Like one of mine is I steal candy from the market sometimes. I don't feel like anybody affects that. You can kind of sample them. I feel like it's allowed. Maybe it's not, though. I was told it's, you can't. 
Alyssa at Ampoinen, A-M-P-O-I-N-A-N, um, had a very interesting video answer. Uh, I thought it was pretty adorable. Take a listen. Hello, Ben Glebe and Last Week on Earth. My secret is that when I donate blood, even though I think it's great that I may be saving lives with it, my motivation for actually going and donating it is so that I can take the day a little bit easier with the excuse that I've just donated blood. So at least there's a positive for my selfish reason. I mean, this is a beautiful thing. I don't understand your reasoning at all because it's got to be a lot more taxing on your body to take a pint of blood out of your body to then take the day easier. Like, why don't you just, like, chill at work a little bit? You need the excuse that bad. Also, how often are you donating blood that you are doing it just so you can relax at work? Um, and I don't believe that it's your only motivation for doing it. You Obviously, you could be doing other things, doctor's appointments. You could say you're tired. You could say you make up you're sick. You're doing it to help people, I think, deep down. And you like the benefit that you get to also take it easy at work. Pretty amazing thing. I'm curious how often you do it. I'd love to hear that answer on Twitter or on Viddy. Um, and then I got another very interesting Viddy um, titled, I'm Not Crazy, I Swear, from The Real Sasha Fierce at Stanley Havinson. And here is that Viddy response. What's my secret? I'm glad you asked. I like to stalk famous people on Twitter and then put billions of posters of them up in my room. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like to pretend like I'm not a crazy, obsessed teenager. I'm normal. Really. I love that. And if you see the video at Stanley Havenson, you can see the posters all over her wall. I didn't see a Ben Glee poster. I saw like One Direction, Bieber stuff like that. Listen, it's normal. I don't think you're crazy. And um, I appreciate your support. And I'm not at all scared of you. I'm not, I don't think I'm not scared. I'm not afraid of you at all. I think everything you say is great. And I love having you as part of the situation here. No, in all, re- in all realness, it is not weird. You're allowed to have obsessions. I love Debbie Gibson and Paula Abdul, you know. Madonna, I was a big fan of. Cindy Lauper, I don't give a shit. Wilson Phillips, you know, two of the three I was very attracted to. doesn't matter. Do your thing, girl. Do your thing. On, the, uh, on that note, a couple uh, dates you guys got to know about. Please also, speaking of video answers, download video on your iPhone or Android. How many times do I have to ask you? It's an amazing app. It's like Instagram for 30-second videos. You put filters on it. You can put music on it. The band Fun has one of their tracks there. You can use the soundtrack for it. You make all kinds of artistic videos or just watch celebrities' videos or interesting artistic people's videos. My friend Robert Heyman just joined it, at Robert Heyman on Viddy. Very interesting artist, actor, director, photographer. He's on there. Um, and then you can get your voice on the podcast. Why wouldn't you do it? V-I-D-D-Y. Download it. Get it on your phone. Start using it. It's a lot of fun. You can cut throughout it. It's like Vine, but instead of being dumb six seconds, it's pretty gangster, 30 seconds. Um, this weekend, May 2nd through 4th, Thursday through Saturday, I'll be at Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale, California, up north near San Jose. Come on by. Get tickets to the show at roosterteafeathers.com. Where else? Tonight, May 1st, I'll be on NPR on Pat Morrison's Comedy Congress again with Greg Proops, the smartest man in the world, and Alonzo Bowden, winner of Last Comic Standing, with Pat Morrison you can listen to it live, streaming video actually at kpcc.org tonight from 7 to 8 p.m. East, uh, 7 to 8 p.m. Pacific or podcasted later on or live on 89.3 FM, Southern California Public Radio, radio. I also, I'll be May 9th through 11th next weekend at Morty's in Indianapolis. Get tickets at mortyscomedy.com. 
one of my favorite places to go. June 4th through 9, Las Vegas Improv. Tickets, improv.com. June 13th through 16, my favorite club in the country, my number one. The, in Atlanta, The Laughing Skull, The Vortex in Midtown. Tickets at vortexcomedy.com. Then July 11th through 14, Captain Brian's Off the Hook Comedy Club in Marco Island, Florida. I believe it's offthehookcomedy.com. Can't guarantee it. Google that shit or go to bengleeb.com for more info. And I'll be in Minneapolis in September, Edmonton in October, maybe Montreal in August. I don't know. Bengleeb.com for all that shit. And on that point, on that news, it's town full thunder round. Finally, a story that makes me really like wrestling. Wrestling Online reports Donald Trump booed out of Madison Square Garden during his Wrestling Hall of Fame induction speech. At the World I don't know why he's being inducted there. Maybe he's just been a supporter of the WWE. But Saturday night, um, the crowd flipped Donald the Bird in a big way. The booing began as soon as commentator Vince McMahon launched into the nicer-than-necessary introduction. Trump was booed throughout the duration of his speech, forcing him to cut it short and eventually exit the building. But he wasn't leaving until the crowd met his son, who also got booed, and his daughter, Ivanka, who did not because she's super hot. Um, following the cheers for Ivanka, Trump exclaimed how happy he was at least one member of the family was accepted by the Madison Square Garden audience. No doubt trying to cover up this embarrassment to his manliness, he challenged Vince McMahon to a match at WrestleMania 30 and vowed to kick his ass. Oh, you can just see Trump saying that. Oh, oh okay, settle down, everybody. V- Vince, I will kick your ass in a wrestling match as long as you don't touch my raccoon hair on top of my head. Okay, Trump said, I've received many awards and had many accomplishments in my life, but being in the WWE Hall of Fame was one of the best feelings. Really? You like getting booed, sucker? What a schmookamaroo. Kris Jenner thinks she's the queen of fucking everything. Um, Snapple Dapple. I thought that was your daughter, Kim. Doesn't she fuck a lot of stuff? I could have sworn she's the one who fucked everything. Said she's the queen of fucking everything. I had a sticker like that on her phone. Are you, st- are you stealing your daughter's phone again? Listen, I kid Kim Kardashian. You're adorable. You're very adorable. Also realize Kanye all starts with a K. All K's in that family. Kind of weird. A lot of, it's a lot of Kim, Chloe, and Courtney, KKK, kind of racist for girls who love fucking black guys. So maybe they're trying to rebrand the KKK. Who knows? The sorority girl who wanted to cunt punt her sisters gets cunt punted out of her sorority. Daily Beast reports, not in those words. Rebecca Martinson, the author of the profanity-laden email that went viral last week thanks to Gawker, um, has resigned from the University of Maryland's Delta Gamma sorority chapter. He was right. The professor last week, Scott Talon, was right. Her name came out. She'll forever be associated with this, or at least for a long time to come. And uh, the sorority posted on their Facebook page, that this was highly inappropriate and unacceptable of any standard. This email should not be depicted in any way as standard or routine or tied to any official sorority voice. To remind you what she said, she railed against her sisters for being so fucking awkward and so fucking boring during fraternity Greek week. Newsflash, you stupid cocks. Frats don't like boring sororities. Newsflash, double fucking newsflash, Sigma Nu is not going to want to hang out with us if we fucking suck. Which, by the way, in case you're an idiot and need to spell out for you, we fucking suck so far. Oh, what a good writer. She's in fact being offered, or at least being asked to submit for blogger jobs. And I think she'd be pretty great at it, to be honest with you. And um, 
People get upset about little things, not just being fucking boring at, at sporting events. A man threw a fit over cheese at a McDonald's. Huffington Post reported the man did not want cheese on his hamburger. Pennsylvania man spent some good cheddar on his non-cheddar. Faces charges now after throwing a tantrum because his burger included cheese. They say 35-year-old Sean Verone knocked over a trash can, threw a high chair, and assaulted an employee at Springettsbury Township McDonald's last week. I guess he didn't think about asking for a new burger. Might have been the way I'd have gone. Let me leave you with President Obama's new intro music, because it's the second term, motherfucker. Watch out, Rosh Limbaugh. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Until last week, next week, this has been Last Week on Earth. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. I won't stop now. Keep your hands up, get them in the sky for the homies that ain't making them. My folks locked down. I never went nowhere. Know what they say in loot is back. Blame it on that contour. The hood call it looting yak. And I'm on this foolish track. So I spit my foolish flow. My hands go up and down like strippers' booties go. My verses still be serving. Tight like a million virgins. Last time on a college remix. Now I'm on the original version. Can't never count me out. Y'all better count me in. Got 20 bank accounts. Accountants count me in. Make millions every year, the South champion. Yeah. Cause all I do, all I, all I, all I, all I do is win, 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 hey. win no matter what. Whoa. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. This has been a production of Smudcast Internet Radio. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.